It would be the last overt miracle that Jesus performed as he made his way to Jerusalem to face certain death. It was there that Jesus and the disciples and the crowd would meet a blind man. Mark is the only one in his gospel who actually gives him a name. So we know that he was called Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. Seems he was a well-known figure, probably because he sat right where he was day in and day out, sitting by the side of the road in his own personal darkness, listening to all the noise, all the chat, all the laughter, all the jibber-jabber, all the coming and going of people passing along what was a busy road. Believing that condemning internal voice, that his poverty and his blindness are a curse, that they must have been as a result of some sin in his life. it seems he becomes aware of a hullabaloo that indicated that Jesus was out there somewhere. Out there somewhere in the darkness. But he was unable to see him. Recognizing that this might be his opportunity to get Jesus' attention, in desperation he starts shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus sees him and the perfect opportunity, a living parable of childlike helplessness. Unlike the rich young ruler who we can read about earlier in that same chapter of Mark, who asked Jesus, what must I do to receive eternal life. What must I do? Bartimaeus knows that there is nothing that he can do to earn or deserve anything. At that moment, he is asking for neither money nor forgiveness. When he hears that Jesus of Nazareth is passing by, he utters the perfect plea, the perfect prayer. The prayer that Christians have been whispering for centuries. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy on us. The simplicity and clarity of Bartimaeus request was a testimony to his faith. It indicated that he actually believed that Jesus was able to do what he was asking. By God's grace, blind Bartimaeus saw what countless others had missed. He saw that in Jesus, he could find God's mercy. And when Jesus then addressed his need, Bartimaeus and all who were watching understood that his faith 
was the reason for his cure. But Bartimaeus never made the mistake of thinking that all he really needed was to have his physical sight restored. He knew that his need was far greater than just being able to see again. That is why as soon as Jesus restores his sight, it tells us in verse 52 that he followed him on the way. Jesus says to him, go, your faith has healed you. And where did he go? He went right behind Jesus and followed him on the road. He leaves all that he has known, throws down his cloak, which he probably used to collect uh, money when he was begging, because that was not going to be needed anymore. Effectively, he casts off the old life and embraces the new and follows Jesus. This encounter, in this encounter, we see a microcosm of the whole gospel in very simple terms. The Bible often uses blindness as a metaphor for the predicament that men and women find themselves in. For example, the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, says this, the God of this world, small g, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. The God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing Christ. And Jesus himself said in John 9, verse 39, I came into this world that those who do not see may see. And I don't think he was referring just to those with physical blindness. And earlier in Mark's gospel, we read that even though the disciples were following Jesus, they still did not see and understand all that he was teaching them. So he asked them, having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? I wonder if any of us here are in that situation. If you have perhaps been following Jesus like the disciples for a long time, or maybe just a short time, but you still do not really see. There is a blindness in your life that perhaps you're not even aware of. How then are we to see? How are the blind made to see? Well, just as Bartimaeus was, by going to Jesus and calling out to him for mercy, asking for the loving forgiveness and new life that only Jesus can give. Someone has said, you will never know Jesus Christ as a reality 
in your life until you know him as a necessity. You will never know him as a reality until you know him as a necessity. Bartimaeus knew and understood his need of Jesus. And he understood that it went far beyond just being able to see him with his eyes. To see him standing in front of him when Jesus restored his sight. Perhaps that was a truth that we knew when we first asked Jesus into our life. But it is also a truth that we need to remember in order to go on following him throughout our lives. In whatever way you require mercy right now, look at Jesus with God-given eyes of faith and simply ask. Imagine yourself sitting there by the side of the road in the midst of all the hullabaloo that is your life right at the moment. And call out to Jesus. Call out to him. The good news is that Jesus still hears. Jesus still cares. Jesus still stops. Jesus still listens. And Jesus still speaks. So hear him say, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? As I was thinking about this story this week, in my mind, I turned to thinking about the church, and in particular to the Church of Scotland, as we approach yet another General Assembly, where things which I personally believe are contrary to the teaching of the Bible are yet again going to be discussed and almost certainly agreed. And in my thinking, I visualized a role reversal of Jesus sitting in the street, crying out to the crowd, maybe sitting on the mound in Edinburgh as commissioners make their way to the assembly hall. And in my mind's eye, I heard many of the crowd saying, be quiet, be quiet. We don't want to listen to you. But it's not Jesus who is blind. He sees very clearly what is going on. And he wants to open our eyes and our minds too. When Paul wrote those words um, in Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, that I quoted earlier, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. I think it is not just unbelievers who are being blinded, but many in the church who profess to follow Jesus are allowing themselves to be blinded as they listen to other persuasive voices 
rather than to the Word of God. I was brought up in Fernhill and Catkin Church in Rutherglen, and I came to faith at the age of 15 under the ministry of a great Motherwell man, uh, Frank Gibson. And when I was 18, there was a change of ministry as Frank moved through uh, to take up a job in 121 uh, George Street in Edinburgh at Church of Scotland offices there. And another man, Ian Fisher, took over uh, the charge in Fernhill. And Ian was my minister for um, over 20 years before he also um, took up his position in one two word one George Street. I'm not sure what it was about Fernhill Church that everybody moved to, to Edinburgh. Um, but he moved through there um, where he worked only for a few years before sadly he died. And I'm indebted to both these men, but in particular to Ian for his faithful preaching of the scriptures and his nurturing and discipling of me as a young believer. Not long before he left Fern Hill to go through to Edinburgh, he said something to me which I have never, at the time, I didn't understand. But I have never forgotten it. And what he said was this, that the homosexuality issue would be the death knell of the Church of Scotland. I was quite astounded by that and thought, what on earth is he talking about? And as I say, I didn't fully understand. But it has stayed with me. And that was over, I, I would reckon, about 35 years ago. And his words have come back to me time and time again as I have observed what has taken place at the highest level in our church in recent years. And my eyes have been opened to what he clearly saw all those years ago. But what should be our response? And I think it is the same as blind Bartimaeus. It is for us to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Jesus is the one who still hears, who still cares, who still stops, still listens, still speaks, still saves, still forgives, still restores, and still transforms. We need to see Jesus and to see who he truly is and to ask him to have mercy and to transform our church, to open the eyes of our heart that we might see him.